G'day listeners and welcome back to the final episode of the Keeper League podcast for 2023. Uh, we're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and back in the studio to wrap up the season with me is Aaron Bryant. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty exhausted after 24 weeks of fantasy football. Yeah, I said like, yeah, I, would, I watch a lot of footy, but I think you would watch what watch probably more, if anything, like yeah, with your and research so, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, across the weekend, it was still pretty exciting as you had that run to finals 100%. and, you know, the percentage between the Giants trying to get a home elimination final. It, Yeah, there's still a lot of storylines that um, as we head into the men's finals and then the start of the AFLW as well. Yeah, well, someone tweeted out today, up until the final minute, like everything was still relevant. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, because like GWS trying to get a spot up the ladder type thing if they won by 0.3 of another percent or something like that to get home final or something like that so um, yeah it's a pretty crazy season when you think about it like everything kind of comes around to that last round I know a few things were locked up but um, yeah nah been a been a long season but uh, you know that's real footy that's not the important stuff we're here to talk about <laughs> fantasy the and most I, important type of footy and I hear you had a couple a grand final or two over the weekend yeah something? it was a, a hit and miss season to be honest yeah. um, won my classic league with the South Australian boys yep. um, which I'll hang my hat on considering I had some failures in, in other areas but my draft competition um, had pick one to start the year, Josh Dunkley, uh, and thought I had a pretty decent side, but um, ended up finishing ninth, which was brutal. Yeah, Josh Dunkley, if, he, if he's leading your team, um, yeah, good first half of the year, I just I guess, don't like pick ones. Yeah, it's, it's always very, you need a guy that's a cut above the rest. And I think this year that was probably Tim English. Yeah, and probably. I just misremembered that or, at the yeah, start. Or so, Bont either, or one of those um, two. Considering the... the amount of talent in the forward line that popped up Dunkley yeah. wasn't really must yeah, have yeah true that like it felt like the top six actually got settled pretty mm. quickly in the end um, yeah with uh, I think the emergence of Butters coming through as well and then Port with Rosie as well um, they kind of rounded the thing and Keneally playing back in the midfield I guess as well this season was which is concerning heading into next year I think and we may chat on it towards the back yeah, end of the episode but yet. I think the forward options are going to be pretty <laughs> slim heading into 2024 yes well there's a, there's a number of uh, key forwards and stuff like that that uh, popped this weekend that might be relevant mm. going forward but uh, anyways um, if anyone's been uh, yeah following the last few weeks my sob story uh, I'm not sure if you've been listening have you been listening I have not <laughs> okay good well fill me in what happened in the first week of finals was I had uh, my first donut of the year because mm. both my rucks got injured in the same week uh, Scott Lysett and the big O both got injured so to be I, fair that's uh, on you for picking Scott Lysett true but. true but I had uh, yeah <laughs> that's right I, I picked like eight different ruckmen in the no it wasn't that many it was six different rucks in the draft and I only had I had none of them fit by mm. the end of the season but anyway um, so I only lost that week because I lost my first final because of a donut um, so I've been keeping my scores each week and just seeing how I would have gone against the other teams that went through so it turns out I would have won all the way through to the grand final keep setting my team you sound like the Adelaide Crows right now yeah could exactly. Have been? exactly that's exactly what it's like, <laughs> like and Kaz was asking me why I do this to myself but uh, luckily I would have lost the grand final if I would have made it so it's worked out better for me I've got a better draft pick than I probably should have had um, going out early so I'm glad it just you know came to an end and everything happened as it should you've so. got some closure exactly. that's all you need exactly so yeah um, we had the one guy in our league who was one I think six premierships now seven premierships in probably a 12 year space mm. and he won it again this year so I was going for a three-peat yeah. in our keeper league yeah. uh, and was a cut above I think I lost one game the whole regular season yeah. and choked at the prelim that's the worst and there was, a, there was a question the other week should you choke like should you throw a game before finals just to get the monkey off the back and it's <laughs> it probably rings true <laughs> in terms of fantasy I think it's yeah you're just trying to get a healthy team ready for the big game yeah. and um, yeah. you, you don't want your stars shining on the eve of finals because then some, one of them will end up getting injured or something or get rested and yep 
yeah, it was, it was a brutal year. Anyways, well, you know, that's fantasy and it's wrapped up for you. So <laughs> Why do we do it? We might as well get stuck into the uh, the last uh, round review of the year. Uh, before we uh, get stuck into that, uh, just a big thank you to Game Day Squad for sponsoring the show this year. I put out a big tweet last week just saying thank you to everyone involved. Game Day Squad were a big part of that. Um, yeah, because without them, fair chance this podcast wouldn't have ran uh, among the members uh, as well looking after the show this year. But we'll thank them a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, once again... Thanks to Game Day Squad. Uh, apparently, they're going to keep going through finals. So if you've got some cards and enough cards to make up a team, uh, you can keep uh, playing and set your team throughout finals. And I think the prizes in that will probably continue. Don't quote me on that. I just saw a tweet before. Um, but yeah, there's a fair chance that those will continue throughout the finals as well. So yeah, uh, create, coach, and compete. Uh, head to gamedaysquad.com.au. Keep setting your lineups throughout finals. All right. Should be a short, sharp, shiny episode today, but let's wrap it up and we'll go through it game by game and find the most relevant players of the week. I always feel like these things start off with the tip of the cap. Jaden Laverde had 124 points. These tends to happen when Essendon gets smoked, like they just chip it the around. The ball was yeah. Yeah, down back a fair <laughs> yeah, bit, wasn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> that's it's, certainly it, contributed. It goes, down, it goes down back, but then they also like, they're just so scared to like do anything with it. They just chip around and don't go as forward as I'm much. I'm so worried about the Bombers. Yeah. They almost look, I hate to use this word, but like mentally weak. Yeah. Like they, they just fall over against tougher opponents. And as you said, yeah, they, they don't have any dare with their ball <laughs> movement, which yeah. helps the backman, but yeah. it doesn't help them win games. A few weeks ago, um, Brad Scott tweeted out something about uh, the season being too long because of gather round. Oh, and that tweet, just sets the tone. So it's saying we've really got to do something about gather round, like tw- 10, 20 Maybe rounds later. Maybe just do something about your squad. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Jane Laverde, tip of the cap. Sam Durham is an interesting one. Um, he had 96 points. He was a mid-season draftee, so he's had about a year and a half in the system. Do we Have we seen enough of him to know he's not going to be a fantasy player, or do you think he's somebody still coming up through the system? I think we've seen enough not yeah. to invest, um, purely because he hasn't had a CBA all year. Yeah. Um, he's a, he is that defensive winger too, which aren't very fruitful. for. Yeah, can float forward and kick goals yeah. as well. But yeah, a lot of his ball is on the outside yeah. Um, and, and yeah, predominantly pushing through that wing area. Um, and he hasn't scored well as a result. The, the only way I can see it working is if he ends up being like a Carl Amon, maybe you yeah. can find a lot of uncontested ball. With but Nick Martin in the side, playing on that opposite side as well. Like the ball seems to flow through him a bit more. Too, yeah, I, so. I think now, considering the depth they still have, even if Parrish leaves, um, there's other guys at Essendon that are, are better to look into, like your Hobbs and your Perkins. And um, Durham just, yeah, hasn't been that consistent enough. And even when he's done well, he hasn't, you know, tonned confidently. They're, you know, high 90s. So, yeah, yeah. you haven't really seen enough to know that he's going to be a star. No, nah, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan. Just that the outside type just doesn't bode well too, too often. Like you mentioned, Carl Amon, he only really got good this season once he moved to the halfback flank. So, yeah, yeah so those outside kind of wingers, yeah, don't do enough for me. Um, Brody Majek had 89 points. It's, it's probably a tip of the cap, given we've seen a lot of him throughout his career. When he kicks a few goals, he gets up and about. And, he, and you know, if he's fit and firing, he should do it pretty um, regularly given the side that he's playing in but more of a handy contributor when it comes to fantasy um, and speaking of handy contributors Jeremy Howe 83 points what do you reckon do you like him more as a defender or as a forward because he's always picked up in your keeper league drafts I say you're asking me as a fantasy prospect or yeah, as, fantasy, as a player nah, fantasy prospect <laughs> or both let's do both yeah, fantasy oh, I, prospect actually, I like him as a defender as a fantasy prospect yeah. um, purely because of the marking game that yeah. can come from that and, and he's a senior leader down there yeah. I don't think the forward experiment lasts um, yeah. they've got a lot of options 
and we talked about Brody Majek just then. Um, Dan McStay settling in quite well. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've had the the reemergence of Jack Ginnivan. Yeah. Um, I, I think Jeremy Howe's that fallback option, but long term. I mean, he's yeah. still thirty three, so next year's probably his last season anyway. Probably, and yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't finish down back. The thing that worries me with him down back is sometimes if they get a few injuries, he plays quite defensive, quite mm. locked down, which kind of does ruin him. But he's not someone you're looking at regardless of where he's playing. I think given that he's what thirty three, yeah. And in terms and of scoring as a forward, he, he doesn't really shine either yeah, from yeah. a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned Jack Gin- uh, Ginevan before. Is it Ginevan or Ginevan? Uh, Ginevan. Ginevan. Um, so, 82 points. Probably a tip of the cap because um, you keep that three goals and only just cl- uh, crawled past the 80 mark. But is he back playing some pretty good footy? Do you think he makes their final side? I think so in terms yeah. of the form that he's in. It's, um, it's, it's a really divisive one and a lot of people have their opinions on Jack Ginevan. But, yeah. I mean, he, he's kind of what we love about the AFL in a way. He's a character that yeah. is electric yeah. and, you know, a showman in some sense, even though he's a bit cocky at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that Collingwood squad, I think, yeah, Bobby Hill's almost a lock. Um, it, it probably, yeah, depends on the availability of, of some of their forwards. But the mix is just all over the place at the moment because yeah. Dacos and Moore are out. So, yeah. I think he, he lasts in that first final. What? did you make of their performance on the weekend is it do you think it's their, their back or do you, can they take anything out of that win or I look at that whole final round in general and the top four just didn't impress me and I think yeah. a lot of that is is just cruising into finals yeah. even though they've got the bye this weekend yeah. um, Collingwood yeah they, they've obviously been a little shell shocked with the loss of Moore I think Dacos is a big blow yeah. uh, Moore is the most important you, you take the, the key backman out of any side you yeah. take the best midfielder out of any side yeah. it, it's going to hurt you yeah. so they've actually looked alright all things considered yeah, 100%. Um, I'm just worried about that first week because it doesn't sound like they, they'll be back yeah, and Dacos Melbourne's definitely out, really yeah. rolling at the moment yeah it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens and um, yeah could spell bad news for us some other clubs if mm. um yeah if melbourne are up and up and running at the right time but anyway uh let's move on to the saturday game the first game where hawks took on Fremantle. uh conor mcdonald 89 points um kind of playing a forward role what do you what do you see as his prospect do you think he moves into the midfield is he more of an outside type do you reckon a third year breakouts on the card i think so i'm just not sure about the midfield role so to say so just yeah. looking at yeah some of the guys they've rolled through there he's had 15 cbas across the whole year and, and didn't yep. see any in the last couple of months so yep. that's not a great sign and connor nash has had a, a really good season True, and stepped yeah, up into in, that role he? warple yep. they look a bit more confident in now and, and day's obviously locked in wards on the outside is at fourth so i, I don't really see him being a star midfielder who probably get bits and bobs uh, there and again but um, he's still a really good talent yeah you're yeah. right he's a, a link man across half forward who can hit the scoreboard as well yeah uh, and yeah he's still so young that he could be absolutely anything so um, from a third year perspective yeah maybe he, he takes that jump next year I'm just looking at you know how he went in terms of a fantasy perspective and, and what he's kind of ended up averaging I mean most of his scores are around the 50 to 80 mark. So the hope is maybe he, he moves up to more of a 70s kind of guy. Yeah. And then, yeah, in your, your deeper draft leagues, he's certainly one to, to pick up in the forward line. Given the um, scarcity probably of forwards at the start of next year, at the very least, um, mm. he might be one you want to start thinking about in your key please because it does have potential. was a pretty high draft pick from memory. Um, so, yeah, he's shown some good signs as the season went on. Mm. Um, Josh Tracy had 88 points. That's a tip of the cap there. Two goals until we see a little bit more from him, I think. Um, Tom Emmett impressed me from a real footy 
type point of view. 84 points, kind of played that high half forward role well. Got a very good story. I think he suffered from childhood cancer or something like that and he's risen up and, yeah. I this is his second game on the weekend? Yeah, yeah second yeah. game. So, I think, I hope I'm right within the story there, but I think I heard the commentator saying something like that. So, um, yeah, looked impressive, just not sure if his um, role is going to be conducive to scoring. Any thoughts on Emmett? Yeah, I've, I've liked what I've kind of seen. I, I didn't catch much of this weekend's game, but I remember the one the week prior, which was why I was thinking, yeah, two games. And, yeah, um, yeah I mean, he, he's pretty impactful in terms yeah, of his hunger 100%. for the footy, which is what you want to see from a guy who's, who's just been handed his debut. Yeah. South Australian as well, yeah. so we've always got to give him a shout out. But Definitely. you're right. I think where he found most of his touches was around that half forward line. Um, it's, it's a very small sample size and, and Freeman are a little bit unpredictable with their best 22 moving forward considering the year that they've had. But, yep. um, you know, he's still got another year in his contract. So we're, we're going to see him certainly across next year, whether it's round one, not sure. Yeah, and we see his development. And, yeah, we can probably mm-hmm. make a better assessment. Um, but he's on the watch list, I guess, just on the back of that performance. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be role-dependent. Speaking of role-dependent players, Sam Swakowski moved into the midfield over the last month or so. I've been banging on him about every week. I think he's had 80-plus 80, 80 like scores in the 80s three weeks in a row. Uh, I've now. really liked his year, yeah, yeah. Um, which has kind of came a little bit out of nowhere when we think about yeah. the injection of Jager O'Meara into this side. Yeah, it did kind of – like, Jager dig it injured last week, didn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, so that certainly helped him, and he ended up with nineteen percent of the CBAs yeah. on the weekend. But yeah, they're, they're big four. I mean, um, young young getting a ton of chances Moving in the back there. end has certainly yeah. changed things. Johnson's uh, chance to to get more minutes next year as well. But yeah, Switkowski feels entrenched in the twenty two. It's yeah. just a matter of the role that he plays, and yeah. he's obviously not a starting midfielder, but. I mean, even with the injury to O'Meara, he, he wasn't having the best of seasons. So, yeah. they may start to look elsewhere and, and Swakowski could see more time in there. Yeah, no, he's definitely on my watch list for next year. Um, yeah, again, talking about scarcity of forwards, things like that. Um, if he's getting midfield time, he's a player you should be looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, now, last week we spoke about Lockie Schultz, how he's uh, never quite good enough to get too good for this podcast. And the <laughs> official the official rule is you need three 80-plus scores in a row to be written like the that. podcast. He's actually done it. For the first time in his career, he's had three <laughs> 80-plus scores in a row. He's teased so much this season, and uh, yeah, he's actually too good for the podcast. Now, we didn't want to do it because we always talk about him on here, and we didn't want him to leave us, but he's got to, we'd have to do it now, so congratulations. I'm not sure he's going to come back either, like, nah. considering the year that he's had. Yeah. Um, most of the time, he's going 60-plus, and he's had a couple of tons of, uh, across this final month as well. Well, it's funny you mention that. Um, for the following year, we only talk about players who averaged under 80 the following mm. year, he averaged 79.1. Oh, so, he could, could make a return. Well, it's, it's all tackle year. numbers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly again, that's, that's largely dependent on how Fremantle plays. And the yeah. hope is that they've learnt their lesson from this year and their slow, defensive, almost hesitant ball movement goes away and they yeah. do play a, a bit more aggressive and hungry and, and that'll yeah. favour Schultz. And the, uh, the MCG factor, we've realised with Fremantle, they love playing. They've had a few <laughs> wins this year, but anyway. Got to capitalise while you're there. <laughs> that's it. Um, move on to the probably shot game of the week. Um, a game that felt like there was absolutely no winners, um, despite North Melbourne having a good win, uh, costing themselves the number one draft pick. The so. discussion around it was hilarious, because the first quarter, North had rolled over, and everyone was thinking, oh, they're tanking to try and hold on to pick one, and then they yeah. have this massive resurgence yeah. after half time, and uh, and then from the Gold Coast perspective, you know, Damien Hardwick's just come in and said, 
80% of this list is going to be a premiership <laughs> side and yeah. they lose to North Melbourne and you go, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really promising signs from yeah. the Roos. 100%. Uh, like, when you look at them, like, you know, good young midfielders, like, in there. I think Simpkin had a good game, which is something we hadn't seen for a while in there. I think we got George Wardlaw, who didn't even play in this game. And then there's, like, a bunch of other young players, which we'll talk about in the next few players, um, yeah, coming through and actually putting in some good midfield performances. This is the funny thing for me is North Melbourne feel like they have too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. Like, there's a lot of guys that can run through there. And yep. at some point, they're going to have to make a call on who's our best three. Yeah. Um, like, Simpkin at times, uh, in and out of the last month really there's been yep. games where he's been right in the guts for heavy minutes and others where he's been on the outside like LDU feels like the only one that's really locked in and then you've yep. got you know your Thomas your Wardlaws um, your pals kind of floating through yeah uh, it's you know they've got a lot of choices but they're all kids yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's a matter of you know who develops the best yeah moving well, forward we can go straight into those guys so Tom Powell had 95 points playing more that mid forward role do you think he has a future at North last week we were talking about Harley Reid coming in and like he'd be a player that loses out from that, but it doesn't look like Harley Reid's coming now. So. I mean, he, he might. I, I still don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not sure yeah, about the, the West Coast work. factor. Yeah. But um, but again, I understand he's the best player in the competition. Do North Melbourne need someone like that? Considering we've just talked about all the midfielders they have, yeah. um, it's a really tricky question. So um, I'm sure a lot of clubs will be fighting to try and get Harley Reid. And to be honest, North Melbourne's probably one of those that can afford not to get him. Um, but yeah, from a power perspective, uh, another South Australian boy we should mention as well. Yep. Um, yeah, still got another year in his contract. So he's definitely playing next season. And then, yeah, it's just a matter of that role. Like the half forward is working for him um, and he's had glimpses of greatness across there. I mean, he's still 21. So we, we've got a lot still to come for what's going to be uh, our first round pick young star. But again, it's just the shuffle of how North Melbourne yeah, goes moving forward. Like Wardlaw obviously being injured we're not really sure. I mean, if I, if I look at the names, I'm going LDU, Simpkin and Wardlaw. Yeah, and that's probably my three. And I think the next guy we'll talk about is Will Phillips, who scored 87 points. He's mm. probably the one that has benefited from Wardlaw being out the most, I think, because he plays kind of more of a similar role when he's in there. Um, but yeah, he gets a more midfield response, but he's there. So good work to Will Phillips, but we just can't really judge it when we see the, until we see their best midfield mix. Going yeah, together. I think pre-season is going to be too. so important. For, the weird for the one in this game was Charlie Lazaro. Um, yeah, where'd this come from? So he had a hit for points, 26 <laughs> Touches. Huge uptick in CBA numbers this week. I think he went from 0% to 37% this week. So, had four tackles in there to help him bump the score up as well. So, I don't know what's happened here, whether it's just North Melbourne, Clarko trying things in the last week, but I did not factor Charlie Lazaro having a huge it's bump It's a in massive CBS. uptick. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and again, <laughs> like you, I don't know where it's come from. Like, yeah. uh, again, this is a, another young star of the footy club who hasn't yeah, seen a lot of footy. Yeah. Um, just, I think he's a second round pick, early second round pick. So, um, yeah, it, maybe it's just Clarko seeing what he's got to work with yeah. heading into the off season. And coaches probably do have those players that they like and want to see, you know, what they can mm. actually do as well so um yeah might be an interesting one going forward um oh, speaking of young stars and Rui seemed to have heaps of them and I'm pretty excited to see them over the next years what they can develop into Nick Lucky though mm. nine goals 162 points we gave him huge raps last week and I guess the basis of it was are these kind of key forwards are the key forwards going to be back in vogue in fantasy 100% yeah and I think from a from a draft perspective if you're the commissioner of your league and yeah. you're trying to even it up a little bit um, and you have the opportunity to do custom stats contested yeah. marking maybe like a plus three there yeah um, that's a way to make forwards more relevant yeah, again fair. from a yeah. classic perspective yeah it's going to be a grueling task to find guys that are yeah you know scoring well enough to be worth their coin yeah because um, everyone might just be 80s and then that's kind of it yeah um, whereas from a draft perspective um, the the 
couple of really high scoring guys will matter. Yeah. And if you want to try and balance out your league, yeah, you can look at alternatives. But Nick Lark is one that fires on all cylinders. Like yeah. he, he's probably going to be an all Australian for a team that's bottom two. He, he's um, he's done it solo as well. Like Charlie Combin's missed a lot of the year. Callum Coleman Jones has not delivered, um, even though he, he's been injured as well. When he plays, he's he's barely there. So North Melbourne's forward line is is certainly still shuffling around. And, yeah. and Nick Larkey's managed to be able to overcome taking on the key defender, if not multiple key defenders, because he's the only guy there. Yeah. So for someone so young who's been able to consistently score well, that's a really promising sign um, when the forward line is going to be so slim next year. Yeah, 100%. Because just looking through the forwards next year, so Errol Golden, uh, midfield only next year, Tim Taranto, yep. mid only, Rosie, mid only, Keneally, mid only, Butters, mid only, Sheezel will probably be defender only, Dunkley will be mid only, Caleb Daniel, so that leaves Caleb Dun- Daniel probably the number one ranked. Forward. He may even be mid only, considering true, the yeah, amount of true. CBAs he's had. Yeah, uh, you're right. I actually, actually think yeah, it could be Bailey Smith and Jack McRae, <laughs> kind yeah. of the two that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dylan Moore will keep Dylan it as Moore, well. Yeah, he's up there. But, but we're like, all talking about you know the second tier yeah. guys of this year. That makes like guys like Charlie Kernow like a top five forward. Mm. So just kind of reflecting, probably Dusty Martin. I don't know if he continues this run with a few you know retirees and things like that could be up there as well. But like. You know, then you've got Tex Walker, who's going to be right up there in the conversation. But we're talking Joe about Danaher. like pure forwards, yeah, yeah, not exactly. these guys that are actually <laughs> yeah. getting CBA numbers, yeah, which like, is, it's a whole new game. Yeah. We haven't had this in years. Yeah, like, yeah, Joey Danaher, what's he average? This is 70, the old Nick Rewalt 200 kind of. Yeah, 100%. Thing. So, like, we could be seeing these guys, you know, back in vogue next season. Mm. So, you know, even Jack Lacocious is kind of getting around the, the talking <laughs> point there. It's going to be pretty interesting. With some natural development, he could go um, bigger next year as well. But anyway, uh, yeah, just my point is keep your eye on some key forwards for next season. And there's a few. Um, that are out there that I think could make the step next year. Uh, next year. Um, we talked about our streamers of the week last week and Kays and I had to, you know, some listener put in a question, who's your streamer for the, your grand final this week? I put down Josh Goda um, just with uh, Zeeble out, Hall retired obviously. Yeah, weeks it's not ago. a bad shout. There was another one out there as well, oh, McDonald out as well, put Goda, 80 points. So um, given that uh, as well, Gold Coast give up points to uh, defenders we had in the last few weeks. And Kays did um, Connor Butterick as well. He's got 83 points. So, so not some it's bad. almost like you guys know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's not some bad streamer pickups there. So I just wanted to kind of revisit those from last week and just toot our own horns there. But anyway, um, Brandon Ellis, 111 points. So like sometimes older players can be valuable in key plays because they slip down the draft mm. ranks. They get dropped back into the pool. You know, if you've, if you've got like a 15, 16 man keeper league, they get dropped back in the pool and you can kind of pick them up and they'll score your average, you know, high 70s, low 80s type thing. Is Brandon Ellis one of those guys? He's had a few big weeks in the back end of the season. The only reason I, I'm concerned about picking him next year is has he flourished in the absences of Powell and Weller? And, and he had a really poor start to the year. Uh, and I think in terms of an overall, it's a career worst season for him yeah. in a long time. Yeah, 100%. Um, so he's yeah. had a really good final month. Is it because of the availability of those around him? Probably. Po- possibly, yeah. yeah. So, But as you mentioned, that might mean that he can slip back and you could get a guy who in the first couple of months of next year may still be worth holding on to. But he's headed into 30 now. So we're, we're talking about the guy at the back end of his career. Playing under Damien Hardwick again, what does what does that do for his role? Um, the Suns are, are so treacherous right now. Like we we don't really know what we're going to see until yeah. 
preseason with them because Damien Hardwick is is likely going to hand some new roles around and yep. they've got a, a fair few midfielders to pick from as well. Yep. Luckily for them, though, they've got a premiership caliber list. <laughs> yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> uh, Alex Davies at 92 points. Um, has gotten some inside roles in the past, but he's never been uh, fruitful. I think it was a lot of North Melbourne factor. Uh at play here because they're an easy side to score against for mm. midfielders and it is a deep midfield for Gold Coast so he's probably not one I'm looking at uh, we'll move on to the uh, Brisbane versus St Kilda game um, not a lot of Saints to talk about but just a few Brisbane players like Jared Berry is a player who should have come back to the podcast at some stage this year um, 118 points but Again, St. Kilda just let the uncontested ball kind of happen. There's uncontested marks and things like that. It was a good matchup for him. What are your thoughts on him going forward? Because he could be on the cut list for a few um, leagues out there. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Like, he he delivers when he gets the opportunities, yeah, Jared yeah. Berry. Like, I actually really like him as a player. But because Brisbane is so stacked in terms of the midfielders, I mean, we're even seeing McCluggage stuck back on the outside once again because yeah. of the inclusion of, of Josh Dunkley. Like, Traditionally, he's a really great tackler. He fights hard for the footy, a um, bit of a contested beast, um, almost even a cult figure in the way that he presents himself at Brisbane. But um, his role just has, has never really been what it can be. I, yeah. I think in the guts is where he belongs, but he just doesn't get that in the way that Brisbane's currently playing. So it could help him in terms of maybe a DPP status. If, if he's stuck as a pure mid deep in, yeah. in a draft league, um, you're not really getting a guy that... Um, is going to consistently give you 70 plus. Like, yeah, you're going to exactly. have to ride the waves of, of the ups and downs of his year because uh, a lot of times he can be subbed off or, yeah. Um, yeah, he can just be away from where the footy traditionally is. Yeah. Well, like, he averaged 74 for the season, which is well below his usual output. And mm. that usually comes, it just, it just basically comes down to being out of that CBA mix. So, like, last year he got a fair bit of CBA, like, mm. midfield. It felt like he was building time. towards yeah. what was going to be, like, then, an 80 season. Then Dunkley comes along and just kills it for him, like, coming yeah. in. So, he's a first-round pick. He's, he's still 25. So, like, yeah. the best footy's a couple of years in front of him. I think there's a few youngsters as well, like Jasper Fletcher coming to the side as well. Probably there's, And then they play Wilmot on the wing for a bit, wing for a bit. And they feel like they were just trying lots of other people on those wings as well, those outside types. But 93 average from his last three kind of just, you know, gets people thinking about him again. And I think it makes it just harder for those coaches to drop The one him. thing to think of as well in terms of a keeper's perspective is is Dane Zorko. So yeah, true. Uh, will, he, will he play on? Um, if he does, um, he's probably still, you know, He's, he's in his 30s now. He's yeah. probably not going to see as many CBAs as he did this year. So this year he averaged, uh, Dane Zorko, 22% of the, the Brisbane CBAs. And yeah. I, I can't see that carrying over. I think he yeah. goes more forward, which yeah. may help Jared Berry to pick up some more minutes. Yeah. Basically, he just needs to go back inside to get his scoring up. Yeah. Then, so depending yeah. on how deep your keeper league is, like it, it's not the worst hold. Yeah. No, um, that's it. Considering that, yeah, there's some older guys that will start to miss out. I've definitely held worse players before, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy Wilmer uh, wrapped up a good season 84 points um, played a couple of different roles predominantly like halfback and a bit of wing time in the middle mm-hmm. of the year there but went back to that wing kind of settled down back and I think that's his role for the future now Daniel Rich looks like he's probably pushing to the end but he's one to watch probably for a I guess it was only really only his first year because he only debuted in finals last year no oh, he was so, so handy in classic yeah, like, yeah. for those who started with him he made a ton of money early yeah. and then everyone got off when they thought it was time yeah. to cash in and he had that late season run again yeah. so there, there a few was, people were forced to kind of hold him as well yeah, which was and, like and really they ended up benefiting yeah, from yeah, it like he, it, it, when it looked like he'd hit that rookie wall he was actually when he was about to start his peak so yeah. um, very impressive yeah first campaign uh, very happy with that one so yeah definitely keep him uh, in your teams for next year because I think probably no, probably needs another year but in a couple years time he could be a superstar off that half back line um, Isaac Smith uh, 160 points now 
he's obviously too good for the podcast, but we're all talking retirement games throughout year. Um, Shannon Hearn was the big one mm. last week that everyone was talking about. No one's talking about Isaac Smith. And I think that was the one we, we overlooked. <laughs> he was my F5 in my keeper league yeah. this year. I yeah, managed same, to pick him actually. up like sixth or seventh round and yeah. he was a star. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I traded for him. I actually traded Harry Perryman for him two years ago. Yeah, that's probably a um, good decision in the end. And got two flags out of him yeah. like, with him in there. So, yeah, just that forward status has been so handy um, knowing that Harry Perryman, you know, plays a variety of roles and mm. hasn't been that fruitful the last couple of years. Um, Brandon Parfitt's an interesting one. So 115 points and he was throwing the keys to the midfield in the final two rounds. Is he in future calculations for Geelong, do you think? I didn't until you said that. And yeah. now I'm looking at the scores and how he's performed. And I'm, yeah. I mean, historically, he's been an elite tackler, yeah. almost a tagger at times when he's been given opportunities in the middle. Yeah. But he's completely fallen off the radar this yeah. year and, and to an extent last year as well. But yeah, yeah those last two games, 42%, 73%, like in my mind, I, I was thinking moving forward, Dangerfield, um, Bruin and Holmes were kind of the three that I expected to get heavy minutes. And, yeah. And Parfit's probably the next guy in, which yeah. um, all of a sudden does make him relevant again. I mean, Cam Guthrie has been out for this whole second half of the year as well, yeah. but he's That's also a veteran player. Yeah. So, and he might be getting phased out as well. Depending yeah, on exactly. What, yeah, they may they be go trying to yeah turn this list around now that they're not playing finals. So they'd want to give the kids a go. Parfit's still relatively young. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if does, he starts getting more goes. Or does he stay? Or does he leave? Because like mm. you know, is he looking at other options? I don't know. We'll find out in the silly season in about he, a month. He's time. um he's a What's the, what do they call it? A pre-agent. Yeah. So next yeah. year he's he's a free agent. So yeah. maybe he does look around yeah. um, to see if anyone would want someone like him. Yeah. So that's another interesting one. But yeah, Parfit. I don't think you could hold him after this season. But um, yeah, interesting one to actually think about going forward. Um, Sam Managola, ninety-nine points. So that was his retirement game as well. Just wanted to give him a shout out because he was a twenty eighteen Premiership player for my side. So <laughs> yeah, holds a place in my heart. Um, Oliver Dempsey, eighty-four points. He's shown some signs like he can be a good player um, in general footy terms. Just not sure how well he's going to go in fantasy, but yeah. our forward looks pretty talented. Well, look, look at his heat map and his touches were all over the ground. So yeah. He did a bit of everything yeah. across the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a positive sign in that he, he's versatile. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a very small sample size, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And Geelong is, yeah, now basically a young team like they're going to roll around Hawkins and Tui again but yeah. they, they do feel like they're in the midst of as I mentioned that list turnover so yeah um, yeah, th- there's going to be some new faces rolling around the category do you think they fall away or do you think they're too well drew- drilled I think they fall them? away now yeah. yeah I'm a little surprised that, that Hawk is rolling on like he, he can play another year yeah. but why bother is kind of where my head's at yeah um, you're probably not going to flag up and, I think yeah. he's going to beat the game's record that Selwood has, ah, okay, uh, which maybe that's that. it. Yeah, but, that's fair. I mean, we've seen like Ollie Henry flourish without him. Um, obviously, Cameron's still floating around there as well. But yeah, if I'm Chris Scott, I'm probably looking to the future right now. Yeah. And you want to get as many games into these kids as you can. And Hawkins is probably holding a spot up for someone else. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, moving on to the Dogs players. Um, Rory Lobb. Probably killed Tim English on the weekend. So, a few people mm. out there in Keeper League finals probably would have had the C on Tim English and would have expected a bit higher. But um, it was basically a 45-55% ruck split uh, this weekend, which we hadn't seen in a while. Could have been the factor that, um, I guess, they brought Reece Stanley back in and they had another young debutant ruckman. Toby Conway, who one. was very impressive. Exactly. And I think so. he actually... 
beat English in terms of yeah. the ruck battle. Yeah. So, yeah, not from so, a scoring perspective. But. Yeah, not one I'm super keen on, but I just thought I'd mention that. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, the guy who won the flag in our um, league, if you're listening, um, you're welcome. I told you to put the C on Bond <laughs> and not English. So, <laughs> Lob's a funny one, though. Like, I, I don't like Rory Lob as, as a nah, player. Neither, like, I just neither. think he's, he's, he's a tall bloke who's, yeah. you know, been gifted athletically but isn't. Yeah. You know, a great footballer. Nah, and yeah. Um, and the the frustrating part at the Western Bulldogs is they obviously banked a lot on him being a star yeah. in terms of a forward ruck. Yeah. And Bevo can be a little hard-headed when it comes to that. And yeah, I'm hoping they don't persist with this kind of a role because, yeah, yeah Tim English... Yeah, should be a predominant ruckman. Like he's just he's an absolute jet. Yeah, Bevo does weird things. So <laughs> exactly, don't really. Yeah. Do you play much um, EPL fantasy or do you uh, none at all? Actually, I was meant. Mm. To, I used to do it a long time ago, and uh, I was meant to join with my brother-in-law, who's actually English. Um, sent me a, a league request invite. He's like, "You do fantasy in Australia, so you should join up." And then I just completely forgot to make my team. Well, Man City's manager Pep. There's yeah. a, a running gag in EPL fantasy of Pep Roulette because uh, yep. he doesn't play <laughs> the same starting eleven every week. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like that with, Bevo. With, West, with Bevo. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just don't know where anybody's going to be. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So, yeah, there'd be a fair few uh, Man City players out there that people have in their sides <laughs> as well. So, um, anyways, moving on. Uh, Cody Waitman, uh, 94 points, um, two two goals and 11 tackles in that forward line. So, he does pop up like this when he has like a big stat number like that, whether he kicks five goals or gets a bunch of tackles. But very role dependent, I'm not. And depending on who his defender is, yeah, I think exactly. yeah, he, he has the tendency to explode in some games depending yeah, on the matchup. Yeah, where they lock him down or whatever. So not what I'm thinking about, but just a tip of the cap there. Uh, Riley West. So we had some, I guess we had Lazaro before getting a midfield bump. Riley West hadn't had a CBA all year. Um, moves into the midfield, um, 11 CBAs in this game, 91 points, 24 touches. So watch during the finals to see what happens there. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, Bulldogs fans. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> watch, oh, wait. Um, but watch yeah. the VFL finals. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe. But uh, yeah, sorry, my old man's a Bulldog supporter, <laughs> so I don't mind chucking that one in there. Um, but yeah, like watch what happens next year in the preseason because um, actually Will Taylor, the Bulldogs fan we had on uh, TikTok sensation, Will Taylor, um, the Bulldogs fan we had at the start of the year actually tipped him to move into the midfield field this year and I didn't really come to fruition but it mm. did in the final round we even saw before he did so. I, I was really liking what he was yeah, doing out there like, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a very talented youngster yeah. and the, I guess the aspect of that is if you, you look at the CBA numbers that he's had uh, over the weekend Bailey Smith could be leaving this side. Like yeah. He could be going to Geelong yeah. through the trade season, uh, um, which opens the door. Like Libertori, even though he's had, you know, probably a career best season, yeah. he, he's still, I think he's 31. Like, so we're still talking about a, a midfielder who is probably going to lose some time. Bailey Smith goes out as well. McRae's more forward. Yeah. Maybe that opens the door for someone like a Riley West to, to maybe boost up to like a 20%. Yeah. Which would, yeah, certainly help his numbers. Yeah, well, speaking of Smith moving on as well, like Caleb Poulter coming to the side mid-season, um, I guess more of an outside player, but 79 points. And just looking at their their wingers, they don't have a lot on their list, the dogs, really. Yeah, it's so, weird. They're, to the yeah. point where they've had to use their inside midfielders in yeah, those roles. 100%. <laughs> so, Caleb Poulter is just one I'm on my watch list for next year. Like, given that he comes in halfway through the year, hasn't done like an AFL preseason. Been pl- I guess like, he was training, playing at Footscray, so he's probably mm. been around the club. But, you know, he's probably working during the day as well. Or doing he's slotted right in with ease. Yeah. Uh, I certainly think he, he's yeah. probably best 22 at the dogs right Definitely. now. And it's- junior fantasy gun as well, I think, from mm. memory. And first season at Collingwood put up some good numbers as well. Mm. So. It's funny how um, the 
depth that the Bulldogs has been exposed so quickly. Yeah, 100%. Um, or the lack of depth. Now, moving on to the uh, the tech show, I guess, on Saturday night uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Shannon Hearn retirement game. Three Eagles superstars retiring as well. So, congratulations to those guys on their careers. But um, the few names, a few one name's been popping up in the uh, questions and stuff like that is uh, Brady Hoff, uh, 105 points. Um, so, he was playing on Rankin and probably had the better of Rankin uh, in this game as well. Just no easy task. Exactly, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, but Brady Hoff's had a couple um, big scores this season now. Do you factor it in as Brady Hoff as a player or the fact that Eagles are another one of these sides that don't like to take too many risks because they just get blown apart when they do and they chip it around a lot in defence? I like options. him as the player. Yeah. I think Brady Hoff, um, he's still quite small, obviously. Like, he's got he to put skinny. some weight on yeah. him and, like, he's, he's very fresh and that's a lot of the West Coast Eagles side yep. at the moment. But the skill set is there. Uh, the, the other thing to mention is, you know, they've been smashed defensively all year. So, he's been really up against it for the majority of the campaign. Um, so, you're looking at a guy who's had some pretty good scores in some really tough weeks, um, which is a good sign. We're, we're talking about a first-year kid who, yeah. um, you know, this is just the beginning. So, yeah. the hope is once he, he gets a little bigger, I think he's he's 70 kilos at the moment. So, maybe once he pushes into that 80 mark and yeah. becomes a bit more imposing yeah. in terms of contest because he's got a great run and carry game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is a guy that could be entrenched in their 22. And it's the perfect role that for on that half-back line. You know, if he, mm. did, if he does his Allowed, doesn't have to play defensive if he is allowed to open up and use that kind of run and carry power. Um, yeah, he's a guy who's going to get put in the right role to play some fantasy um, footy as well. So, yeah, now Brady Hoff's one I have definitely got my eye on as well. Um, tip of the cap to Jack Darling, who kicked three goals and scored 93 points. Um, Jake Saligo, 94 points. He's been handy since moving back to the wing. So, you just got to hold he keeps four status for next year. Yeah, but I'm not sure that'll last, yeah. to be honest. Because um, he was only there for a small chunk and then... He had 26 touches last yeah. week. I'm not sure how many he had on the weekend, but... Feels um, like when Shoal went out, he went back onto that wing and kind of yeah, just carried but, over. Um, he's cert- I mean, he's a guy they've locked in until 2029. Like, yeah, I saw he, that He's actually. certainly the, yeah. the future of the footy club. They're heavily invested in him. Um, it's, just, it's just a matter of, that, I guess, that third midfield spot as well. Like, he's he's seen centre bounce numbers across the year, um, but Matt Crouch has now taken that role. Yeah, so, true. where does Crouch end up? That could hurt him as or help him depending on how this trade period goes but I think they're still invested in in him playing best 22 football because you know they've signed him long term Uh, and he's a bull like when he plays in the sand he bangs the door down straight away so we're talking about a guy that that'll be there round one it's just a matter of the role like is it wing or is it inside and that'll um, kind of impact how high his ceiling is yeah 100% no he's definitely one I got my eye on just here fingers crossed he keeps that forward status going into next season Um, we'll move on to the first game Sunday the lunchtime slot 12pm here I liked it I didn't mind it. By the time yeah. it finished up, I could had something to do for the yeah, rest of the day. That's fair. <laughs> Usually, so, I've got to go straight home to bed. Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, pretty um, yeah, interesting time slot. How do you go calling these games, particularly when your team is playing? And like, I guess for mm. for you, like uh, Richmond, no chance of making finals, so the emotion was probably taken out for you. But how do you go calling a game when your team's involved? And- I'm much better at it now. Yeah, I think first year I remember calling Basher Hooley take a plus six that cost me a, a final, <laughs> and I was like banging the desk while calling it. Uh, Amazing. Had the Geelong Richmond game at the G last year where yeah. Tom Stewart cleaned up Dion Prestia yeah. and that was hard as well yeah. so you're calling unbiased yeah, on air yeah, emotional yeah, I guess emotional behind it you're just like smacking your fist together yeah. and you're going yeah. um, but this year um, yeah it's almost a little easier because of where Richmond are at yeah, like true. 
like I was actually quite excited to call the game just to see some of the kids who I had no idea anything about. Like yeah. James Trezice, what a star yeah. he's going to be. I found that, like, yeah, looking at your side yesterday, like so many, I like, usually like, because I watch so much footy and do this podcast, like I'm, I know most of the players out there. Mm. Richmond was really like, I don't I have no idea who that yeah, kid is. Yeah, it was a tricky so. one. Like even for me, I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I didn't realise Trezice was on our list because he was yeah. our mid-season pickup. Yeah. Um, Tom Brown had been a first round pick that had been in, waiting for a couple of years yeah. for a go and yeah. looks ready-made in terms of his body size and the way that he attacked the footy off half back. Yeah. Um, Thompson down the midfield could be a smoky yeah. pick next year in terms of, um, you know, cheaper options deep in drafts as well. Yeah. Like, um, I really enjoyed calling the Port Adelaide <laughs> Richmond game purely because it was just a chance to look ahead. And you were in the contest for three quarters as well. Yeah, so, there, yeah. there wasn't too much emotion behind it. Yeah, it was yeah. more just a showcase of talent. 100%. All right, well, let's move on to some players and fantasy players from this game. Xavier Dersma, 105 points. This is his best game since returning from injury. I think he's a player that just needs a good run at it. Like, he's had two injury-interrupted uh, seasons. Do you think he's still got some fantasy potential? He, like, when you look back to the the year that they, they got all... We took those three number one draft picks in Rosie, Butters and Dersma. He was probably looking like the better fantasy option of the three. Yeah. But now he's fallen a ways behind those two. Do you think there's still hope? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm just pulling up his his histor- historic averages, yeah. um, Xavier Dersma. So, um, looking back through the years, like he had an average of 78 in 2019 in his first year, um, 72 in 2021, and then 50s around that. Like this is a guy who... Feels like he's on the cusp of something great, yeah. and as you mentioned, the the injuries have really hurt him. And um, that PCL was a significantly yeah. long injury, and that's a lot of footy to miss and to find your feet as you continue on. So have a look at him through the finals. But um, yeah, we're still talking about a twenty three year old who, as you said, is a first round pick. Um, I think the potential is there for him to be really impressive as as a wingman. Yeah, um, like he obviously will never be inside. Um, the guts, but he finds a lot of uncontested ball and then floats forward to score. So, yeah, um, yeah a guy that, that could be a little bit underpriced heading into next year if he can average 70 to 80, um, it's probably a tick for him. Yeah, no, I'm a, he's on the cusp of keepers for me. He's probably, we keep 16 and he's probably around that 16th mark. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. How many midfielders are you playing? Seven. So, yeah, that's what so I find. Yeah. I think he'd be handy then, yeah, for exactly. sure. Yeah, that's the hard part this year is like, I feel like I want to keep extra midfielders because I find that the hardest position. I found that the hardest position to fill this year. So Seven's deep. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> um, let's move on to Kane Farrell, 83 points. He's had back-to-back 80s um, with a good kick-to-handball ratio in this game. Mm. Do you think he can be more than what he is now? I thought this was, if it was going to be a breakout this year, it would be the one for him. Yeah, I think, I think this is it. There was a lot yeah. of people in the preseason who thought about jumping on Kane yeah. Farrell thinking... He'd, yep. he'd take the next step. And and that being said, his footy is elite. Like, he's a really yeah, good, good player. Ball. Yeah. Um, but this is what we're going to get, I think, yeah. moving forward. Like, he, he finds uncontested footy, yeah. has long shots at goal, yeah. um, is a great half-backman, but yeah. um, he's never going to be a 100 guy. He's yeah. not going to be Dan Houston. I that's think it, that's it, a lot yeah. of people wanted him to be Dan Houston. I think in our side, like, we've never really – like, our defenders don't score that big. Like, mm. and I don't know whether it is because we just play so direct or because Dan Houston is back there and he's the one that we kind of get the ball into his hand it's been a, a bit rough more. Year defensively as well for yeah. the power. Like, yeah, hundred percent. A little well, bit yeah. uncoordinated. <laughs> yeah, every game we've lost, we've basically yeah. got flogged in. So except for the Collingwood one, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I tend to agree that he's probably at that point. Um, yeah, going forward, that yeah, we've seen what he has to offer. Mm. Um, just looking at some Richmond players. So well, Nathan brought out eighty-one points. With tip of the cap, he'd, he'll do that every three or four weeks. He'll put up an eighty and a decent score, but will fall away probably. Um, I wonder what's going on with your ruck situation. So since Ivan Soldo came in through necessity, essentially, when Nate got injured, um, 
he's been pretty decent. And from a fantasy perspective as well, he's putting up some good numbers. And they've been rucking in tandem and it still looked okay. So what does the Richmond ruck look like next year and does it affect Nank at all? Or It doesn't affect Nank. Yeah. Like, he's a co-captain who's still relatively young as well. Like He's going to be our future ruckman moving forward yeah. for the next at least five years. Yeah. Soldo's in a really tricky situation. Like I, I love what he does when he's out there. Picked him up in draft when I saw Nank Curvis was suspended. But um, he's, he's probably even not the number two option. I think Samson Ryan is the guy moving yeah, forward. Yeah, like, um, considering Rewalt has retired, Bauer wasn't overly impressive on the weekend. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Lynch is obviously a full forward when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And Samson Ryan's probably a number two now who can almost play the, you know, that Riley Thilthorpe role, that Rory Lobb role, where yeah. you can be forward and then float into the ruck as the number two. Yeah, so, so crucial these days. It, which hurts for Soldo because, yeah, he's a talent who's just never been able to break his way into the 22 consistently. Um, whether or not he looks around, there's a couple of clubs that are looking for, for ruckmen. The issue with Richmond is um, they have, don't have a whole lot of depth, so they, they do kind of need Soldo in case something goes wrong. They've got Marte Kalina, who's this absolute beast of a man, yeah. <laughs> but he's still figuring out football. So, yeah. um, I think they need Soldo, so they'd be reluctant to let him go. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's just I was just interested to see where he fits because, um, yeah, like a lot of people had him throughout this year and just been wanting to get a go because I think he's got forward status as well. Is that yes, correct? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people want him to get a bit of ruck time as well. So been handy for those. Just whether it continues on to next season remains to be seen um moving on to the sydney melbourne game so dylan stevens uh, 85 points he's really risen since being dropped and coming back into the side um don't love his kind of outside role but could be an 80 plus average player if he gets a more consistent go at it do you reckon could be at a new club as well that's what i, I wouldn't imagine yeah. the crows would be asking the question as a, yeah. a south australian first round pick and yeah, um, we're talking that about their outside players as well like over the last few weeks too so yeah it's, it's fitting quite nicely it's a funny one because the swans have so many mids yeah and it still isn't working they, yeah. they actually lose um first possession more often than not yeah. in the midfield um they, they still manage to get clearances through their pressure game but the, the synergy they have at the moment isn't really shining. So, yeah. Dylan Stevens, um, yeah, missed out a lot of the year because he's always kind of been the last of that pecking order. Yeah. But we are talking about a very early first-round pick who, you know, has the potential to be great as he's shown in recent weeks. But his role is, yeah, so uncertain yeah. at that Sydney side. And, and out of contract, um, I imagine there's a few clubs that will come asking. And if he does move, then yes, he's definitely one to pick up. Yeah. At Sydney, if he stays there, I don't like it yeah. purely because yeah there's too many too many midfielders in that side I think if he is lined up for the Crows next year um, he's going to be on a lot of people's radars yeah. I think going into it um, Bailey Fritch had 97 points uh, returned from injury and kicked 5 goals last week we said um, as soon as Bailey because Jake Melcham's been putting up good scores. Yes. And we've been like, as soon as Jake Melcham, uh, soon, as soon as Bailey Fritch comes back, that's the end of Jake Melcham. We didn't mean like this. Yeah, it's <laughs> a brutal way to end the ACL year. ACL injury, the poor guy, I think what we found out today. So, um, yeah, best wishes to him. Hopefully he can recover from that. But, um, yeah, Bailey Bailey Fritch comes straight in. He's gonna, he copped a knock himself, actually. But Yeah, uh, still had five goals considering, yeah, yeah the injury. Yeah, um, so. And his ceiling is tremendous. He can take over games. Yeah, uh, Which 100%. is really exciting as a forward prospect. And from a Melbourne perspective, they've been... Coming desperate for him to come back yeah. they, they've needed this key forward option and Bailey Fritch is that so I can't believe this, it's a club that's in the premiership contention that has just changed their side up so much the month leading into finals yeah. like I mean, they had all these solutions yeah. that never ended <laughs> up like Penny injured. was there for yeah. a bit and we thought yes this is yeah. it and, Grundy and maybe we'll try Grundy, Grundy yeah. yeah it's crazy and finally they've just settled on what worked yeah, like, yeah at the start of the year which yeah. was Bailey Fritch so yeah um, yeah so that's interesting to see but uh, yeah good to see him back playing uh, Tom DeConing we'll move on to the Carlton game this was a 
good win by GWS. I was watching it with my son. Mm. Um, he takes any excuse to stay up late. So <laughs> he said he watched footy with dad. So, um, yeah, we are both getting around the Giants and it was uh, good fun to watch them win. Um, Tom DeConing, uh, 92 points. Number one ruck again with Pitnet omitted, but they lost the game. So... What did what Carlton actually try, do you think? Or do you reckon they're just trying to get through unscathed? Or? They didn't, yeah, look as fiery as they could yeah. be, and they have been over this winning streak. Yeah. Um, but to, the deconing role is quite exciting, isn't yeah. it? Like Pitt Every time he gets that number one role, he kills it. Yeah. That was whether he keeps that number one role. He doesn't work as a rotating yeah. forward ruck. Like nah, he doesn't I'm impact saying. in either of those areas. Yeah. Um, whereas when he actually has a sole position, it yeah. certainly helps him. Um, the, the hardest part with Pitnet is obviously the Blues re-signed him long term. So yeah. there's always going to be this discussion between the two. But yeah. he beat Briggs. Like, I understand that they lost the game, but he did everything that was asked of him in terms of his role. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like, with Mackay coming back into the side last couple of weeks as well, it's like mm-hmm. Tacone playing that ruck forward role. They probably haven't needed him in there, so they've gone for the more mobile athletic ruckman in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it remains to be seen whether that's the best option for him. But, again, he's playing, performing well himself. And I don't think you can read too much into the result yesterday. So No, yeah. and the, the hardest part, I guess, from a keeper perspective is, uh, and in most formats, is the rucks have been elite and nothing else. Like, yeah. it's it's English and Marshall, Nankervis and Darcy yeah. and, and O'Brien to an extent. Yeah. Uh, and out of those, like, that's kind of been it. Briggs had a late run. Yeah. Um, hopefully, he holds that number one spot. I think he does, yeah. Sherry, um, you know, Goldstein sounds like he's going around again. Yeah. So, if it's you can crazy. get a deconing at, you know, the price he will be at next year and how low he'll be in drafts because he hasn't seen consistent number one roll time. Yeah. Um, it could be a steal. It's just a bit of a gamble. Yeah, 100%. Uh, last two players are Giants players. Um, probably tip of the caps to both of them, but Brent Daniels had 94 points. I love the way he, he just seems like a hard worker. Works up the ground and then kind of works back really hard as well so he can, gets involved in that link up play. Delivers one inside 50 and then goes again. So, um, you know, you see a few of those and you go god this guy's a gun you know maybe he could be something but he'll probably revert back to getting you know stuff all touches the next week and not being a fantasy player so tip of the cap to him toby bedford the same just looks really exciting and really skillful player and really fast too the giants but, are a different team with those two in the yeah, side 100 like, they're now missing well they didn't have daniel uh, bedford last year obviously because he wasn't playing for him mm. but daniel's coming just ramps up their forward yeah, pressure like, huge yeah the smalls are so impactful at gws yeah 100 so yeah two um very good players there that i like watching but probably tip of the caps in terms of fantasy uh before we get into the questions we actually had uh, four gold members sign up i think these were renewals but because the season went for a, a week longer um it comes through as this season so <laughs> thanks to russell beasley harley philp uh, michael boland and josh hutchins for signing up for another year um and yeah plenty of uh, off-season content to come um getting stuck into the draft next i think so it'll be lots of uh, drafty numbers and player profiles around that so make sure you're a member so you get access to all of that content uh, i mentioned in a tweet last week that yeah basically if i didn't have members signing up to support this podcast this podcast would not have even existed this year um it was the only way i could take a day off work to keep it running so uh thank you so much to those who have supported the show because 100 like 100 like if there was no members this show wouldn't even exist right now so thanks heaps to everyone who signed up this year um all right we'll fire through these listener questions and we'll be done for the season so at trav 014 asks um thoughts on brady hoff well we already talked about him um and does parfit uh, find a new home we already kind of touched on that as well and i guess the consensus was we don't know yeah both <laughs> of them very exciting prospects yeah, yeah. Um, so. and hoff yeah certainly more than parfit in that yeah. um hopefully the eagles start to improve next yeah, year and, and he feels yeah like a best 22 kind of guy if you've got both those guys on your list you're definitely going to be tracking the preseason closely mm. to uh, see what 
where they're at. Um, at Jordox 2020, uh, thanks for another great year of content. You are welcome. Uh, thoughts on if any of the following will hold their DPP next year? Let's just go through them. Brune, probably mostly midfield. I'm not sure if you have the CBA numbers I'm up pulling in front them up of you right now, but, but my internet has died. Oh, no, <laughs> it's terrible right. timing. I think pretty uh, from like from the eye test, uh, I felt like he was fairly high up in the uh, the CBAs when he was playing this last year. A couple of months yeah. has. Um, yeah, certainly swung it towards losing that status. Yeah. Especially because when he, he was playing forward, he wasn't um, – he yeah. was in and out of the side anyway, so he wasn't really playing every week. 49% um, of the season – like, so he's he, – 49% he was starting at CBAs of the season there. So, it just kind oh, of depends gee. on so whether yeah, – This yeah. last month, he's gone 57, 62, 50, 54 in the mid. So, yeah. that – yeah, and even before that in the middle of the year were a lot of high 50s. So, yeah. I think he loses it. I think he loses it as well. Yeah, which is brutal. Caldwell's the next one. He's only at 34% CBA, so I reckon he does enough to keep... I know he did go up at the end, but it's... Plus Darcy Parrish possibly leaving. Yeah, like That's a, a massive W. Yeah, so if you've got Caldwell, he should keep forward status, and that's going to be pretty handy. Um, Gus Brayshaw. So he starts on the wing quite a bit, so it's hard to judge CBA numbers for him. But I think he might scrape in. I don't know. Nah, I actually know he's... His CBA numbers have actually been quite high in the second half of the season uh, from round 12 onwards. Which is so. funny because at the start of the year, I think a lot of people were getting on Angus Brayshaw yeah. because they expected him to be that third midfielder. Yeah. Never eventuated in the in the opening rounds. Yeah, so. that's it. Well, no, I think he might go close to losing it then as well by the look of those. Um, who else is on the list? Uh, all right, their last one is any chance Win Hager is forward defender. I think it's 79% down back yeah, on mid, the weekend. Yeah, so maybe. Def- I think yeah. it might be mid defender or defender, um, sole defender. Which is still handy because um, he's had some really, really scores through the year yeah I just don't know he's, when he's been playing he hasn't been much up forward that's all when he's putting up no, those big scores I can't, as well. I can't see the forward nah. aspect but defender Neither. mid yeah, yeah lock that in hopefully that uh, answers your questions um, Simon Evans 76 wants to know any uh, initial thoughts on mids who might get new DPP for the start of the season um on 2024 based on what you've seen in the last six rounds now a really important factor is that the Positions for next season don't go on the last six rounds. It's the season whole. Yes. So starting positions in particular. So whether they start CBA, forward, defender, or bench, essentially, they look at those and find out where they've started. So I think you need to be 35% in a second position to get um, DPP. So what you'll probably find actually is probably more players or some players might actually get who've gained DPP mid-season might probably lose it mm. because they've only had it for like a six-week chunk type thing. Here's one for you. Yeah. Christian Petrarca, 61% midfield time, oh, which that. opens the door for a possible 35% forward. Yeah. So it's going to be very borderline. Depends have he, if, has he spent 4% on the bench throughout yeah, the year. That's, that's basically <laughs> what it comes down to. And he probably yeah. has just. But next year, he I reckon he could be one of those players that does kind of sneak in there early if this role continues. Just running through some of the other names as well. And, I mean, you look, the top 15 mids, none of them are going to be DPP by the looks of things, even the top 20 to an extent. It's it's going to be a very thin year. Um, There'll be a fair few that will have defender status. But that forward mix, as we've touched on, it's it's your Bailey Smiths, your Jack McRae's, um, who aren't scoring well anyway, but you hope that they get back to their best. I I went through a heap of names before, and the only ones I looked at that could get forward, the only one I really saw that stood out is probably going to get forward status, and even that might be not... It'd be shaky. It was David Swallow. I thought. What about <laughs> Tom Mitchell? He's played forward a little bit. Yeah, I think um, his CBA numbers are still super yeah. high though, because he was been doing like tagging jobs in the last, well, you know, accountable roles. Luke Parker, another if seventy six percent over the season though. So there's no room for him to yeah. get DPP. Luke Parker, depending on how the Swans go in the finals. Um, yeah. Obviously, they they are you know 
hell bent on keeping Mills in there. Parker, so, Mills, yeah. Warner, um, Parker, yeah. maybe one that that sees some more forward time. I think Carl Amon's a chance of DPP come round one. Um, yeah, starting on that halfback flank for a good third of the season as well. I think he did a few. I did a few like starts there earlier in the season as mm-hmm. well. I know he comes off the wing a lot, but they rotate those wings quite a bit. Hawthorne, so he's another one. But yeah, that's the ones off the top of my head. And I, yeah, that like I said, I'm so score. deep already in in scrolling through these midfielders. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Finding any yeah. options. Well, I did it before, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Brain's probably at the same uh, point as mine. Uh, reached the same conclusion. Um, at Mortard wants to know uh, off season discussions in league rules. Um, threshold for playtime. What's a good amount? So we'll start with that one. Do you do a um, time on ground threshold for injuries or anything like that? No, but I, I don't mind it as yeah. a concept. Yeah, and so that's bringing a player on if someone's gotten yeah. injured early. Yeah, yeah. So we played the twenty percent. This is the first year we've done it. New commissioner, new rules this year. Um, we did twenty percent, and I just found it useless. Like so many players get injured in the second quarter, and it's just like gone. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think if you're going to, you know, what would be in, cool as an idea. Don't have a threshold, but you have one sub. Yeah, and okay. you could use a sub. Yeah, so if um, someone gets the lowest player, if you if you could do it like if the lowest term on ground player is outscored by a sub, the sub comes on yes. maybe or something like that. It's more relevant to the modern day yeah. footy. That's um, not a bad idea, but it, it's a bit of a nightmare to to organise yeah. as a commissioner. Yeah, so <laughs> I wouldn't envy anyone who takes that on. Yeah, I well, I, I've got it in another league where it's forty percent, I think, and I like that a lot better because that gives you almost a half of footy or essentially if someone's injured in the first half because subs can happen anyway and it's kind of like well that's kind of things but if someone gets injured mm. in the first half what I noticed about the classic plat- or the AFL fantasy platform sorry this year is that that includes subs so if you've got a player on your field and he doesn't get over the whatever your threshold is the player from the bench comes on anyway so it's kind of cool yeah. like you could actually chuck a player on the field and if he does come on early um, they, they might score for you, but might not if they yeah. don't. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. It's a bit thing of a loophole, well. isn't yeah, it? it was, yeah, I didn't actually notice that until I saw a few players actually enact that. So yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw that happen throughout the year. But anyway, um, so that's one of them. Utilities or no utilities? What, what's your thoughts? Um, it entirely depends on the structure of your league, doesn't yeah. it? Um, I don't mind a utility option. Yeah. Um, it's just if you've got some top tier teams, right, who are who are bolstered with talent, it probably helps them more than it helps. The That's bottom what end. I found. Yeah. It's a little bit exploitative. Yeah, as a utility, I found that like we used to play three utilities, so um, four defenders, uh, five mids, I think, or six mids, one ruck, four forwards, and then three utilities. Mm. Um, and just I found load it up with more mids. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone <laughs> did, and like or like the second ruck as well. Like lot, every, every kind of people had two good rucks, they left no rucks for anyone else. Yeah, as well, which kind of I found that thing, and that's fair play to them, but. Like once that's kind of set in stone, it's very hard to counter that. Like it's very hard to over like to build a tide that can beat that. I found this year has opened it up just so much in our league. Like I think there was one game between uh, second and eighth in our league or something like that, which hasn't happened in a long time. And I think yeah, given that like so many people had to put good rucks back into the pool because they wouldn't didn't want to keep a bench option and stuff like that. Or yeah, some people used to have like essentially like when our league was at eight or nine mids, they'd keep type thing. Um, and that put them back into the pool this year, which I thought was it balances a good the balance competition yeah. better. So yeah, I'd, if we had the chance to go back to utilities, I'd, I wouldn't do it to be honest. Um, I also like the. This is more from a podcaster's perspective. I like the. Um, 
continuity across leagues, like every league being the same, but it just helps me like judge what's valuable in your league and what's not. It's like, you know, if you're talking to someone that only plays three defenders and, you know, spoils are worth five and stuff like that. It's we have a really weird one in a manual keeper league where, um, so we do three forwards, three mids, a ruck and a tackler. Yeah. And the tackler is plus six every tackle. Um, and historically that used to be okay. Yeah. The last few years, it's kind of blown out of proportion in that your ruckler, so your ruck and tackle uh, yeah, your ruckler, generally yeah. win you games. Because yeah, yeah. if you have, Tim English and a Josh Dunkley or a James Rowbottom who was getting eight tackles a game. Yeah. Like that almost wins you the weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you've you've got to try and keep it as balanced as you can. Like in the in the other keeper league we run through AFL fantasy and and you can adjust your scoring. Um, we're going to bring in yeah plus three contested marks for forwards. That's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah, it feels like defenders and mids can reach 100 so easily, but your forward line doesn't yeah. balance that out properly. Yeah. So, if you can find a way to adjust the stats so that- Do you do anything extra for goals either? No. no. So, Keep again, that's another one to, to yeah. look into. Yeah. So, it's it's just a way of yeah balancing it out so it's not all just midfielders who yeah. are getting 110 every week. Yeah, fair enough. Um, at Richie96, I uh, want to know um, any Nick Coffield projections for next year. Do you think he can make a comeback? Two injury interrupted seasons, essentially. It's I think so frustrating because he, he was a real talent of a player. Yeah. I think it was in second or third year. He had like a almost an 80 average season. Yeah. And then the knee injury that took him out of, I think pretty much all of last, last year. year. Um, he only played four games of uh, VFL this year as well. So I think he had a calf or something. Yeah. Kept- I was just pulling up his numbers just yeah. to see how he went. Cause yeah, um, yeah I, I really like him, but, um, yeah. If he gets his body right, I'm all for it. It's just been such a long layoff. That's yeah. that's the issue. Once yeah. you get in that two year mark, it's yeah. Um, you're starting again. Aren't Hard you? to come back from. Yeah. If he, if, yeah, track the preseason. But he works in Ross Lyon's system. Well, there you He's go. He's a yeah. big, you know, in- intercept marker. Yeah. Um, plus yeah. six across the half back line. Ross might like him. So, yeah. No. Um, I think just track the preseason, and if he can get back to uh, being fit and healthy, then he's definitely one to look at. Um, this is what I was kind of alluding to before, but at Jeff Saunders EDU says, um, with forward scarcity uh, next year, should I be keeping Ben King or Eric Hipwood or someone with supposed potential like Max Holmes? Could also keep Bailey J. Uh, Bailey J some, that's the Ruckman for West Coast. Hmm. Um, that, that means he'd be keeping a backup though. So you're keeping a guy, he won't start round one. Um, this is what I was kind of talking about. I think there's a few key forwards that could pop in the next season or so. So I think Max and Ben King, Probably could yeah, get to like Eric Hipwood is a no for yeah, me. Nah, I've I've seen enough of Hipwood. Yeah, yeah definitely um, Hipwood. But yeah, you, you, your key forwards who have the potential to be a top yeah. five in a Coleman year, yeah. then yeah, like Ben King is a guy that at some point will be, you know, one of the best forwards in the competition. Yeah. So yes, yeah. Eric Hipwood has we've seen the best of Eric yeah. Hipwood. This is all we're ever going to get. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think someone like Jack Lacocious is probably someone you start thinking about yeah. going forward as well. Um, both for Gold Coast, obviously there, but um, yeah, there be, might be a few that are a bit more valuable. Um, the key types be a bit more valuable next season. So. But also Max Holmes, depending on how your keeper league is, um, yeah. you know, he's going to be Geelong's next big thing. Yeah, so. and he should be. And he, we already saw him start to move on the inside a lot more this season. Yeah. He was kind of did get pushed out at times, but he'll be locked in the, on the inside long term, you think. So, yeah, he's another one to – you'd probably take him just knowing how good midfielder score. Bailey J um, yeah. just quietly as well. Um, Very good season. Yeah, he, he especially in the back half. At the start of the year, it was kind of he's getting obliterated and yeah, yeah. he'd been thrown into the uh, to the wolves yeah. and he wasn't really up to the task. And um, all of a sudden, yeah, there's a possibility that he could be there round one next year. Like I think the the long-term goal for West Coast um, in terms of Ruckman, um, you're, you're still probably looking um, at Harry Barnett. Like yeah. he's, he's probably the guy that they want 
uh, in the years to come, but I don't think he's ready to go next yeah. year. So Bailey's probably still going to get 100%. a crack at it. I've got Barnett on my rookie list, which means I can keep him for two years without taking a <laughs> slot. So nice. yeah, a little stash there. So I'm pretty happy with that one. Hopefully he um yeah does go forward from there. Anyways, let's uh, wrap this one up. So thank you very much, Aaron, for coming on a couple times this season now. But yeah, might try surprised to you invited me back. Might try, <laughs> no, well, we had a lot of good feedback from the last time you were on, so I had to bring you back. The fans wanted more, but uh, it's good to actually have a professional in the studio who can actually uh, doesn't say um every two seconds and things professional like that. Professional and, and talking <laughs> nonsense, but not at fantasy football by any means. <laughs> no, well, I don't know about that. You've uh, got a decent <laughs> fantasy brain on. You made two grand finals this year, so you can't be too bad. But anyway, um, anything you want to plug? Uh, listen to your show on what Saturday Yeah, say grandstand mornings. on Saturdays from 11. Uh, obviously, got the men's final series coming yep. up, the AFLW starting as well. So, yep. we've got the the showdown here in Adelaide, which will be exciting. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the the sporting coverage on ABC never stops. Yep. So, when, once the footy season does wrap up, we turn our attention to WBBL and yep. NBL and yep. Test Cricket. So, yeah. Um, uh, it's funny. Yeah. I did actually have um, – I always have the – ABC's the only radio I listen to. I'll usually listen to my podcast and stuff like that. But I was coming out the shop uh, Saturday afternoon a few weeks ago and just heard you on the on the radio. I was like, oh, he was on the podcast. Give us a text. Give us a No, we'll have the show throughout the summer as well. And, um, yeah, there's, there's always some good lines coming in about availability. I mean, there'll be people out there who will be playing – BBL fantasy and NBL yep. fantasy. Yep. It, it never really stops. And um, because it's something I'm quite invested in, I do like to ask questions about roles and availability. So, <laughs> awesome. um, if you give me a follow, follow on Twitter, you'll um, you'll always get the uh, the inside South Australian news first. Awesome. Well, thanks heaps for coming on. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, socials, get around. Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, another thank you to our sponsors, Game Day Squad, for looking after the show this year. And if you want to support this uh, podcast going forward and get access to our off-season resources, please sign up as a member. There will be a link in the description. Uh, this is the end of the season. Thanks heaps for joining us for another massive year a um, bit different this year with only having me on and having K's and Dost uh, drop off but uh, yeah it's been rewarding um, it's taught me a lot about organisation and uh, getting things organised and uh, yeah and camera and, work and yeah definitely <laughs> and, got yeah. a good set up in here yeah it's not a bad one um, but yeah but anyway thanks heaps and uh, stay tuned because there'll definitely be some uh, content over the next few weeks that uh, you'll see from us so anyways take it easy farewell and thanks for 2023